Ian Harris, President and CEO of Libero Copper and Gold. We have a unique set of copper porphyry exploration projects throughout the Americas. How are you? Very good. Welcome Very excited to... to be meeting people face to face. That's nice, isn't it? It's it really is. nice. It's really is. nice. Uh, you've been to London before? I've been to London before, but yeah. it's been a long time since I've been here. For sure, for sure. So we, we've not met or spoken before. So I'm kind of, I'm, well, I'm, I'm trying to find decent copper projects. Who isn't, right? So it's keen to talk to you um, about what was going on. But first of all, what are, you, what are you trying to get out of the conference here? Why have you come to London to meet uh, investors? So over the last year, the, so a little bit of background. Mm -hmm. At the end of 2020, we made a copper porphyry discovery. Yep which really transformed the company. We brought in a significant new team. I and myself joined in January of this year. We okay. brought in a significant team, added some additional assets to the portfolio right as the whole copper story was building. So we spent most of our time getting the assets, getting the team, getting the strategy and starting to execute. So now it becomes more a moment of getting that story out because now we have actually deliverables. We're actually executing on that strategy yeah. and be able to share that news and getting the news out. So why did they bring you on board? Because I, I recognize a couple of names on here. One of them recently Intel for a um, good guy. What was the brief to you? So I've actually been in conversations over extended period of time with the founder and chairman, Ian Slater. We've crossed paths through our adventures in South America. Mm. Um, I've actually worked and lived in South America 15 years. Uh, we crossed paths in Ecuador. We crossed paths in, in Colombia. But there's an asset called Makoa within our portfolio, mm -hmm. which is in the Jurassic Porphyry Belt in Colombia. About 10 years ago, I was senior vice president and country manager for Corriente Resources, which took the Mirador project all the way through construction and then ended up being the first large-scale mining operation in the history of Ecuador. So it's a very comparable to Makoa, the ability mm -hmm. to take very large assets and getting them all the way through to the start of construction. Right. Uh, in that case, in Ecuador, it was a, a sale of $690 million. So Makoa was who, very who appealing. Who, you, who was that sold to? Excuse me? Who was it sold to? It was sold to two Chinese SOEs, right. Tongling and CRCC. Okay, interesting. I actually, post-sale, was on board for one year after as a part of the sales agreement and got it all the way through the start of the construction. Right. And then kind of the baby was birthed. Right, right. I guess it's not so hard to work out what the business plan is here. Okay, copper, big thematic at the moment. Timing is uh, interesting for you guys, and then putting together or something like three, you know, projects to move into this market makes makes sense. But what, what what's the game plan? Is it to do what you've done before in terms of your experience, or is there you know a different route? I think that we're uniquely positioned because many of the you know copper has been kind of abandoned for a while. Not yeah. a lot of exploration, not a lot of projects yeah. out there. Next thing you know, there's this transition to sustainable energy that requires and it's mm. super increase in demand, but the supply isn't there either. Um, but most companies are still, many of the juniors are very exploration focused, where we have both the exploration component and the ability to advance the projects. Mm. So we use an optics that says, does this project have the potential to become a future mine? 90% right. of the world's copper production comes from open pit copper porphyry mines. That means you need, if you want to have a potential mine that's going to be interesting to help with that supply issue, you want an open pit porphyry yeah. copper mine. So that's the optics that we're, we're wanting to put our money into projects that have the potential to have that characteristic. Near surface, disseminated, and size and scale. Right. Right. So we're looking at both, not just the exploration, but also checking and de-risking projects to make sure having a mentality that we're going to build that to de-risk it 
even right. if we know, don't upend so, so them. So tell me, tell me about that. I'm, I'm fascinated by that because you know you get a lot of exploration companies on here and they talk. They oh, this will be a mine one day. And 99% of them won't. Okay, in fact, the numbers are worse than that. So what was the your what what's the market cap today? 25 million. 20, 25 million. You just raised five million bucks. There's a lot of baby steps to achieve before you become a mine, obviously. So let's talk about the next year or so and what you do and how you move this forward. Given your experience, right? How do you do it? How do you stop it being talk and being a reality? So first of all, I'm a mining engineer. So the advantage of having that perspective, working with some incredible yeah. geologists, exploration geologists at the same time, yeah. we have a portfolio of three different projects, but they're at the scale and size that right now the idea, get them all moving forward. Right. So, we have a Big Red in BC, Makoa in Colombia, Esperanza in Argentina, right? The model has always been maybe built around maybe Illumina model where you make sure mm -hmm. you get all the projects advanced, right? See how market reacts and then look at your optionality moving forward, spin out, JV, sale, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But for now, all of them deserve that kick in the can because you have a huge value creation that you can create during that time period. Okay, so you're retaining optionality on all three. So uh, jurisdictional diversification there for sure, de-risking. De uh, it's the same, they're all copper, gold are they? All of them are copper. Some have a gold component. Right. Um, uh, Makoa in Colombia has a Mali component. Okay, okay, okay. But de minimis in terms of your focus in that sense, right? Okay, so what's the focus now? You've raised five million bucks, it's not a lot of money. Do you spread that across all three or do you focus on primary target, primary uh, project? So to date, we just spent uh, this season drilling at Big Red in BC, mm -hmm. right? We did 10 holes, about 5,000 meters. We have one result out. We still have nine more coming out. Mm -hmm. This $5 million is focused exclusively for Makoa in Colombia. Okay. Right. Again, you want to get some money to try and create some value creation, but obviously to minimize dilution for shareholders. So where's Makoa? Makoa is over 600 million ton deposit. It already contains over 4 billion pounds of copper. How do you know that? Because it has an inferred resource. Right. It currently okay. has an inferred resource and it's about restarting the project. So that's part of the thesis too. We've got to, we've got to know a little bit about it before we, we, we step in. Okay. That's right. So it was last drilled by B2 Gold in 2012. We acquired it in 2018. So I really think that just getting that mar that that whole project moving forward, proving that we can continue to advance it, execute, repeating some of the work that was done previously in Ecuador. We also have a director called Ernie Mast who did almost the exact same story in, in Panama. He was CEO mm -hmm. of Inmets Cobra Panama in Panama. Uh, so we know, kind of have a secret recipe of how to make sure you can sustainably move forward very large projects. So we've done the, okay. this year, we spent our time getting the social license. We're starting with the initial uh, geophysics. We'll be following up with soil sampling. And the next move is to get into exploration, which is kind of proof to market that we can actually get this project moving forward. So the $5 million is to cover exploration at Makoa. Right. And then when do you go back to Big Red? When you know a little bit more, when the, when the assays have come out, et cetera? Big Red is a seasonal project because it's right. in northern BC. Okay. So we're looking probably again restarting in June. And so again, you can raise all the money you need for the year, but we believe that advancing McCall will create a lot of value for our shareholders and make that the additional raises uh, less dilutive. Okay. Argentina? Argentina is Esperanza. So in Esperanza, it's a project that has a, some significant high grade drill hole into it already, but never continued to advance because it was drilled back in 2018. We're currently working on permitting. We expect that elections just happened in Argentina. We hope to get that permit into place. And then first quarter of next year, start that program there. It's, we have a, currently have planned out a 5,000 meter program for that. 
Okay, so tell me, you, you've worked in South America. You said you've been down there twelve years or so. Um, you speak the language, know how to operate there, right? So, Argentina makes North American investors nervous. Its track record's not so good. That's not to say there aren't big players and big operators in there, but you know they've all got their problems. All, they all have their concerns too. Why does it hold no fear to you? Why pick an asset there? Uh, a lot of people don't understand that in Argentina that the mining industry is is decentralized. So mm. San Juan, the province of San yeah. Juan, has its own mine minister. San Juan's backbone of their entire economy is based mm. upon mining. You have some of the biggest projects in the world in that province within Argentina. So that's where the confidence, it kind of isolates you from the what's going on on a national level. Yeah. You know, these projects aren't a day or two days, they're, they're years and years and years. So you know that it'll be a sustainable ability to continue to move projects over, over an extended period of time because San Juan's economy mm. depends on mining. Right. But nevertheless, let, let, let's, let's deal with it because I think people value perceptions for reality, right? So that's right. Is, Whilst you're doing exploration and development, easy. Trying to get money out of Argentina, not so easy. So I think at some point there's, there's a problem coming down the line and companies don't get necessarily the value that they would elsewhere. So again, you know, why choose Argentina if that's the case? I like to think that there are some already very large, significant projects in San Juan. Mm-hmm. They'll have to solve that problem first and they will get solved. Right. right, they're so significant. They're so important for the country that mm. they'll find a solution to continue to move those projects forward. Those discussions are already happening right now. Exchange controls are talking about a percentage and how much, and there's a yeah. mechanisms, et cetera. There's the blue chip opt, right? But those yeah. solutions are going to come into place way before we get our project to that same level. I, I, I get it. I get it. But it's 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 at some point the the inevitable arises. If those problems haven't been solved, they become your problems. You know, we speak to the London groups and, and lots of people who are having that conversation and hoping that it'll it'll sort itself out. Right. Um, let's go back to Canada because I think I think uh, that's that. I do want to put Argentina in perspective, right? Okay. You, you mentioned Ludin or others. Yeah. Feel a day sold today is worth a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Today we are worth twenty-five million dollars. So we have yeah. a lot of value creation to create in that time period. But you're, you're building right? a mine. So, that's the thing I care uh, about. Yeah. So eventually, you, those problems need to be solved. You yeah. have to have a future look. I mean, it's I can't help myself. I'm a mining engineer. I look twenty years into the yeah. into, into into the so future. But there's a lot of value creation that can be done in the meantime, even in Argentina. No, I get that. And if you're going to play the markets, that's fantastic. But I'm intrigued by what you say because I like mine builders. Yeah because that's a proper business, yep. right? Playing the markets, you can do that and you can make money, but that doesn't interest me so much. So you talk about building a mine, I think it's going to, at some point, uh, come to, you're gonna to have to make some you're decisions. You're gonna have to cross that river eventually. Right, right. So a lot of it is, and, and it's sort of like the model that we've created in, in, in Colombia, the same, because it's more advanced, so it's more serious. Mm. We were thinking about those exact issues from the very beginning, right? And a lot of it is creating extreme strength locally, creating your alliances nationally to drive political will. So that means big, that's one of the reasons I love copper, right? Mm. Because they're always going to be a large scale, very important project. So as long as you're, you know, giving the, creating the political will, you Mm. will find the solutions because it's in the interest of everyone, right? Politicians make decisions based on votes, right? So if you have a local strength, they know that they want to support the project. They understand nationally it's important for the economy. 
that you can drive these projects forward, right? Working on that triangle is always a focus for us because that's what delivers large-scale projects. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that argument, but I, I, want, I want to hear you vocalize it because we've seen the same in uh, uranium and nuclear, right? Mm -hmm. when, when energy gets expensive, all of a sudden, uranium's not so bad. <laughs> Because it solves yeah, a problem, yeah. right? Yeah. The same with copper, with the whole you know EV thematic, and also the, the green the green economy, etc. It's going to solve a problem. So at some point, it's it uh, decisions get made. I, I get it. Um, back to Canada, though, okay? Because you you so you got what one hole out at the moment? We've drilled ten holes. I know we have the you, results of one hole. That right? That's what I mean. Correct. So I know assays are delayed across Canada and everywhere else in the world at the moment. Pressuring you, so oh boy. Uh, so when can we expect to see uh, those numbers out? Those other nine holes. We expect the, them to be trickling out between now and the end of the year. Okay. So we expect so to not see a far. nice continuous news flow between now and the end of the year. Right. So you'll know enough about what you want to do there, but not necessarily the money to finance it, because you're putting the money down um, in Colombia. Correct. Right. What does Colombia need to look like for you to go and raise money for both Colombia and Canada? Okay. So in your mind, my 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 favorite comparable, because I, you know Mirador, but there's a newer one that's called. Solaris Warinza, yeah, right? Well. Great, which great. used to be owned by Corriente, many people, right. 50 kilometers away from yeah. Mirador, right? And it's a very similar story. There's old historical drilling, traded mm. a resource, got it restarted, and started drilling and producing significant drill results, right? Yeah. Makoa is very similar in many ways, right? Okay. It's already a very large size resource, but it has drilling already in it. Going back and reconfirming that and doing expansion on that, we know, we can already see, we're not, we're not, hunting for something new, right? We're, we're, we're going, taking an inferred resource and moving it into indicated. Mm. We have a pretty good idea of what those drill results should look like, right? right? So we believe that just getting that information out to market, right? We have a deposit that's over a, a, a thousand meters deep with a okay. very significant high-grade core. We have a pretty good idea how yeah. market should react to that positive news while we and should create a catalyst for value creation for the company. So that's mm. why it makes sense. Spend the money on Makoa. By the time drilling starts, we're getting drill results, not dealing with laboratories like you are in Canada. Uh, and then you can create some serious value for shareholders to create the, the next okay, financing for Canada. Break that down for me, because I guess we, we like Star, I've been following them for a year. You know, we, we, I like what they've done there, right? Um, not always perfect, but that's value right. creation, awesome. Um, and, and we've seen a few people get it wrong as well. So when you say, um, you could, so, so I don't know how much of the five million you're putting in the ground or in, you know, on the ground. Is it the full amount? Uh, the majority of that amount right. is directly into drilling costs. At awesome. Okay. So what, what does that precisely mean? Because I'm, you know, the picture you want to paint. Yep. You've got the historic data, so you know how to go about it to to talk to the market as you see them interpreting these sorts of stories at the moment. I can't see anything changing. So g g give me that. What does that look like over the and what time frame we're we talking about? So we're looking at initiating, our current goal is to start drilling at the very beginning of the year, right. 12,000 meters throughout the year. Okay. Our goal is to start with one drill, increasing to two drills, and then moving into the future, three, four, five drills. It's a right. project that requires significant amount of drilling for the size of the deposit that exists. And sure. then looking at about 50% in infilling, upgrading the resource, moving towards PEA, while also looking at additional targets and expansion because the project the deposit is open in all directions. Let me be clear with me on, on the number of, number of drills usually indicates the confidence of the management team. So it's important that I get this. So on the five million budget, you're allocating one drill. Moving to two. Moving but it's, to there's, two. There's an important Three is coming from another budget if it goes that way. It will be in the following year. That is correct. Got it. Okay. That is so, correct. So two, two drills for now gives you the data that you feel 
will tell a story in the market which hopefully gets you a higher valuation. 20 million market cap today. What's the share price? No, a little over, today I think it's 45 minutes, cents. 45 cents. Okay, okay, right, okay. So, okay, that's interesting. Um, and we're Solaris today? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're invested. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's interesting. You know, you've got five million bucks. Why, why was it only five million bucks? Did you not feel that? I mean, the team is pretty strong, and the market's strong. Did you feel that was enough to enough to get you over the line? Because we knew the budget required for Macoa to drive it for a whole year on yeah. itself, and you don't want to overextend and dilute your existing shareholders too much. Right. But we know we can deliver significant results with yeah. that with that budget. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, right. So, so it sounds to me like for now, I was going to say number three, Makoa number one, Canada number two. Is that, that's the priority. Would you say it? Would you? I would think that today, Big Red is the most active project because it's delivering drill results. Sure. Me personally, it's and it's it's, it's personally South American context right, because I'm. <laughs> Yeah. It's a very a project very close to my heart. It right. has an existing resource. It's a project that's very similar to the Mirador project. I can see a clear path of creating significant value. Yeah. Malcoa is obviously, I think, my personal flagship. Yeah. But the truth is, all projects deserve a chance and market decides what our flagship is, right? We'll see which one is delivering the most significant valuation for our company uh, and market should dictate our, our actions. So we're we're, we're keeping our eyes open and maintaining a flexibility. We can execute on all three projects. We have the team on the ground. We have a management team that has the experience mm. managing projects in the Golden Triangle and in South America in exploration and in development. So okay. it allows us to be intelligent about the way that we move forward. Yeah, and the reason I ask is, you know, you get exploration companies coming in here and they're just a little bit confused about where they need to be looking because they've got so many assets in the portfolio, how they allocate the cash and the time where the value actually lies. And it's just... I always want to know what's going on in the head of, of the team and where where they see uh, see it going. So for you know for that reason, I, I asked. Um, well, look, I think great to hear the story. I will shake your hand, leave you uh, to trot back to the conference, go sell, sell, sell. Nice little cop story. Nice team. I like what you're doing. Stay in touch. Maybe come in and talk to one of our technical team and sort of help them. You know, get into the weeds of how you're approaching each of these uh, assets. Yeah, I look forward to it. Brilliant. Really interesting interview. Like the questions. Liked it. I look forward to being back. Good man. Thanks. Thank you.